Ladies and gentlemen, the recipients of the National Jefferson Award and the number one New York Times best-selling author, your host, Dave Pelzer. Hello, America and world at large. This is your host, Dave Pelzer, as always, speaking to you in my own voice, attempting to try to save America and the world at large from itself, starting with me. And as always, uh, with all that is going on in the world, and we've got a few things on the, on the table here to talk about, with all that's going on in the world and your world, I'm just so grateful that you can give us a few moments of your extremely valuable time and, and, and open up your heart a little bit or just, just slow down and just tap on those brakes and, and give us a listen. It is my honor and it's my privilege to attempt to try to have people look at things just a little bit differently, open up the lens, open up your heart, value who you are as an individual, and give yourself strength and encouragement to, to forge on. I think that's good vernacular, to forge on, to strive with a purpose. We all are unique and special. We all have a purpose one way or another. We all have a mission, a mission impossible to overcome, which makes better days, uh, a, a fragment of a day, a special moment, just all more cherished. So I'm just trying to say thank you, thank you, thank you. I like I like doing these shows because it makes me want to be a better person. It inspires me, and it's, it's like, gosh, Dave, you you whine, you complain, you've got your issues. You better step it up there, son. So all I'm trying to say is thank you very much. It, it means the world to me, and, and uh, w thank you for the comments and the emails. And we've even gotten a few letters, a few letters. I, I noticed that the young adults are starting to listen to the show now, which is, I think, a nice thing. So let's get to it. The most important thing on our show is you. So let's let's... Put down a cup of coffee for a second. Inhale, hold, exhale. How are you? How are you doing today? How is your world? And I always recommend that, you know, you, 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 you do something. Get out of your box a little bit. I, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that. Mr. Box here. But, but, you know, take your walks. Meditate, yoga, tai chi. You know, do something for you every single day. It's so important. And I, I, I mean, binge. Uh, I've been watching Yellowstone. It's, it's, it's kind of like the Brady Bunch of Montana well, without the Brady Bunch. <laughs> There's no Alice, <laughs> for goodness sakes. Uh, I, I, you know, do, do some things for you. Spoil yourself a little bit because this, we are – and I think people are starting to come to terms. We are existing in a very fluid time, and the world has indeed changed. It's, uh, I, I think f the, the quiet years, believe it or not, were the Clinton years. <laughs> With all that President Clinton put himself through and put everybody else through, they were pretty, pretty quiet. And I do remember years ago reading something, I think, in Time magazine, how then-Governor Bush was kind of like, you know, almost being seduced by all these organizations. You know, like, hey, run for president, man. We'll, we'll cover you. We got your back. Well, you know, I'm not my dad. I'm not, I'm not the professional diplomat. You know what? Listen, Bush, 
it's going to be easy smeezy. What can happen? The economy is doing well. We've, we're, we're opening up trade with China more. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Okay, all right. You know, I'll just, I'll just coast. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I think even um, President Trump, the former president himself, thought, oh, this is going to be easy. I'll just tell people what to do. They'll do it because I'm El Presidente. I'm awesome. Let's make a deal. And then, oh, my gosh, you know, I mean, I, I think the virus is totally, there's no doubt, the virus overwhelmed everyone. And just like with 9-11, we were in denial. I was in denial. I said, oh, no, <laughs> that was an accident. What? Two planes? Uh, I don't know. Hit the tower. That's probably, I was, you know, and we're always in denial of something, whether it's our health or uh, a, a bad relationship gone sour or, or little things. And then we have to come to that acceptance. But. I cannot imagine in this day and age, and we'll talk about that more here in a second, being a person in a leadership position, whether whether you're a parent, particularly if God bless you, if you're a single parent, you know, or if you're a town mayor or a chief of police, let alone, you know, being the president of, of the United States or any country. It's just I was overwhelmed as a fire captain at times because I didn't have all the answers. Everything was coming at me so fast, and my first thing is, Protect the crew that I'm with, you know, obey my uh, directives and make sure that we can perform our uh, duties, get them out and safely home. I was really adamant. Sometimes we'd be driving home and there'd be a few high fives. I'm going, no, 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 don't do anything until the engine is backed in and both power switches are off. Then you can high five or cry or yell or just, you know, get it out of your system. But it is... It's, it's, I can't imagine so many people, I mean, our nurses, our doctors, you know, the ambulance, the medical staff, I mean, it's just, it's overwhelming. So that's why, again, and I preach and preach and preach, but you know, this is my job. And all that you do, please, 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 I beg of you, take care of you. Because uh, if anything we've realized in the last few years, whether it's Corona the, the, the virus, COVID virus, <laughs> pardon me, yeah, or, or you know, a health situation. It's not a flip switch. You know, we, we're, we're so used to flipping things on and off, replugging, rebooting the router, calling up the cable company, hey, reset my TV. We're so used to ordering something, and in a matter of a day or two, whoop, it's dropped off at your doorstep. We're so used to tendering, is that what it's called, tender? Uh, relationships, swipe left. What was that? Uh, karate Kid. Wax on, wax off. People are going, do, do, do. Oh, I like, I dislike. Do, do, do. Relationships come and go like like, like, like you sneeze, for goodness sakes. We're kind of used to that. I'm kind of used to that, too. But if COVID has taught us anything, and, and then the collateral damage of COVID, this is not a flip switch. So let's kind of get to this. And again, I just want you to take care of yourself because we're going to need a lot of strong people here pretty soon. I mean, we need them now, but we're going to need people with strong backs and strong wills. You know, and being a good leader, you're not there to be everybody's BFF. You have to make hard decisions, and sometimes you make bad decisions. But, you know, if you think it through and have purity of heart, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. So let's kind of get to it. Uh, wow, how, holy cow. <laughs> The Terminator, I, 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 I said that on one of the shows. The Terminator virus, I will not yield. I will not stop. I'll be back again and again and again. God, 
man, this the, this SB five is just. I, I know so many people, and and who've had it, and there's still with some of my friends and people I know they still have ill effects. The big one, uh, the thread that I'm seeing is 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 brain fog. You know, the, the the lack of clarity. I have a friend who has it, who had the uh, virus after getting the shots, but my friend is in exactly 70 years of age, not the best of health, so he's more susceptible to the virus. And he he sounds like, you know, talking to, to me, it sounds like I'm talking to a stroke victim. This, uh, you know, the lower of the muscles of the jaw and, and a slight, this kind of a weird bliss you know, and trying to think about what he's saying. And and it's just this terrible. And, and and some people just don't have that lack of energy or some are afraid to get it again and again. Uh, I, I, I know a family right now in the Midwest. The mother and the father have it. Their seven-month baby has it. And then the two-year-old child has it. The whole family has it. Can you imagine how scared they must be? It's just, it's just a terrible thing. And if that wasn't enough, dun, 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 monkey pox. San Francisco, California is ground zero for monkey pox. Uh, as of yesterday, 281 people have it. it. It's not lethal, but from what I understand, it's extremely painful, and it, deforms, it can deform the body for life. It's, it's pretty bad. The uh, mayor, uh, I think yesterday, declared a uh, state of emergency, and they're trying to get federal funds to get more vaccines. And the chairman of the San Francisco AIDS Foundation, uh, is it Trevor or Trevor? Or Trevor, I think, said, you know, this is like the AIDS epidemic all over again. We feel we're being shunned because it's, it's most prevalent in the gay community, monkeypox is as of now. And it's just, it's just terrible. So what I'm trying to convey is I guess a lot of folks are scared. And you know what? You have every right to feel that way. A lot of folks with anxiety. A lot. This is kind of like, you know, like, 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 especially in California, on top of everything, we're paying Mendocino, s in the city of Mendocino, Northern California, we reported to you a couple weeks, three or four weeks ago, it was $10 for a gallon of gas. $10. Come on, man. And you know, if you're over 40, or if you're smart, <laughs> you're over 30, you know someone's show me making me the money. Show me the money. You know that for a fact. And I just, it just, how, how do people do it? I can't imagine raising a family, uh, uh, being married to someone in between my spouse and I, working three jobs. My Let's say my spouse works and I work two full-time jobs. And then who's going to suffer? The kids, the relationship? Enough is enough. A lot of people, and that's why we've had a lot of situations, as we've discussed on other shows. People are just so stressed out and in california we're always on fire i mean think about it. yosemite my god uh, i talked to a, a good friend of mine captain paul Plakos. we were partners at the sea ranch north of sonoma coast and there's an app that we have in california i'm sure you can get it anywhere but it shows every vegetation fire because it starts as a vegetation fire and then it explodes into a wildland fire and supposedly we've already had several thousand now, they're less than one acre, and if we get to it quickly, boop, boop, we just put it out. Mop it up, monitor for three or four days, mop it up again, do what we have to do. It's a lot of work. A lot of people think, oh, fire, put it out, and you're done. No, there's so much work. 
so much work. And I guess, w you know, any so already we've had over a thousand vegetation fires since January of this year. It's just, it's always something. And, and, and you know, folks, whether it's the, the virus or monkeypox, what's next? Hmm. Hills are dumbest, all unknowing, all unseizing, seeing, <laughs> all stupido. I predict, mm, hang on, hang brain fog. I predict the next virus is going to be salamander sludge, giraffe hair, mm, tortoise tots, or the frog leg ooze. Oh, my God. You know what, ladies and gentlemen? It's times like this. I miss SARS. You may want to Google that. I miss, uh, what's it called, uh, H1N1? I mean, I mean, uh, the CDC, WHO, they had that stuff knocked out in a matter of weeks. They really did. So much so, it didn't get a lot of press. People only scared for like five seconds. But my goodness, what in the world is, what in the wide, wild world of sports is going on here? What is next, for goodness sakes? And yet, you know, uh, I, I, I hate to report this to you, but there, there is another virus. There is another virus that's just as deadly as COVID. Just, it's just, just, just as painful as monkeypox, and and to me that that that's hatred. People react in fear. People react with anxiety and fear, and that's just like the perfect storm for hatred. You know what's that song? Under pressure was that David Bowie? Under pressure, David Bowie. And Freddie Mercury, I think. Because here's just a little bit. This happens every day. Cars have gone up. To buy a used car is almost as much as a new car? That's crazy. Homes? If you're in California and you want to buy a home, you you, you better have a hundred gazillion dollars. You better win the mega, mega, mega Trump lotto, for goodness sakes. Gas again? Baby formula? We're just now starting to get baby formula. And I can't believe our, our, I mean, I was raised that we, uh, I have a dream. Before the end of this decade, we should land a moon and safely return him from that satellite. We went to the moon. America. We've done so much stuff. America. We're number one. America. Gosh. I'm surprised there's a lot of people fleeing California because, again, uh, not only the home prices. I read a story about a, a family who came from India, uh, second-generation family. They're leaving because it's just too violent. California is just too violent. And it's weird because I'm fortunate enough to have friends all over this grand state of ours, all over this great nation of ours. In California, oh, my goodness. And yet, I, I love living where I'm at, and my son and his family are here. My son has actually said he's, he's thought about moving out, moving away. I'm going, well, I don't know if I'm going to follow you or what have you, but it's just, it's just unbelievable. You know what kills me? Uh, it was about, we had a situation in Oakland, California, and, and I'm just doing this impromptu, so if I, if I say something stupid, just you know how I am, okay? Stupid OD is what they call me. Um, <laughs> I like laughing at myself. There's more to that later on in the show. Okay, so a few years ago um, in Oakland, California, there was a situation, and, and, and the folks in California actually 
rose up and in a committee meeting says, we don't want any more police. We're done. We don't need them. We don't want them. All cops are bad, thugs, blah, blah, blah. You know, and, and, and you know, with all the injustice going on and, 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 and racial tensions and hurting people that should not be hurt, you know, I, I, I kind of understood that. And, and, and a lot of people said, again, we don't want any more cops in Oakland. We're done. That lasted just a few hours, basically. You know, because obviously you need people to protect and serve. Who are you going to call? Certainly not Ghostbusters. And what they did, which was smart, is uh, rather than keep promoting, you know, the same uh, problem over and over again within the department, they said, we're going to import someone. <laughs> and they brought in a gentleman, I believe, and again, top of my head, I believe from Philadelphia, a kind African-American gentleman, just just seemed really, I thought it was a great move. And I think this man made a, oh man, I don't know. I, I see this man sometimes twice a day on the news. Twice a day in front of the press corps explaining yet another shooting. Sometimes, again, twice a day, a, a. Further down south, and the, the, the I remember the city as a foster child. San Jose, nothing. Nothing, all bare land, and then Silicon Valley exploded, and blah, 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 and then houses being built because people are pushing outside the Bay Area. And, 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 and quiet back then, San Jose has become the wild, wild west as, as well. It's just so sad, all this stress. But, you know, we always try to talk about what I call the flip side. You don't know who you are until your back is physically, psychologically, spiritually against that wall, whether it is a life-threatening medical situation, maybe a divorce, a loss of a loved one, loss of a, of, of a job or a career, when your t home has been burned to the ground physically, or what about our friends in Kentucky? Oh, my gosh. I... I, I I cannot believe what is going on in our world today. Unbelievable. Uh, 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 children drowning inside their homes as it floats down the river. Cars being flipped over and just thrown into the river. My goodness. But you know it's amazing? In times of, of, of terror, there's people that just automatically step in and step up. In a matter of minutes in Kentucky, people were outside in kayaks and boats. One guy was on a jet ski. <laughs> One kid was on a jet ski. He throwing out ropes and, and towing people <laughs> all over the place automatically. I think one of the best stories I have uh, for the Tubbs Fire in 2017 in Sonoma County is a dear, dear friend of mine, uh, David. I don't want to give out his last name because I'm not sure if there's liability involved. He called his crew where he lives in Sonoma County. And, and David is just one of my dearest, dearest friends. I love him and his beautiful wife so much. One of my instructors and, and just a beautiful person. His father was uh, the volunteer chief for then the Sea Ranch and did so much. Unbelievable. So in the evening of the Tubbs fire, he didn't wait to get toned out. He called his crew and he says, we're just going to start patrolling. And, of course, they got busy, busy, busy. And he heard through somebody, I'm not sure, that there was a uh, retirement home 
several-story retirement home on fire. They got in their engine, rushed, and they got everybody out. They got everybody out. They had to do ladders, go interior. The whole This was like backdrop on steroids. And he made a decision. He said, see that bus over there? Commandeer it. Get that bus. There was a bus. And they stopped the bus, and they loaded the people into this bus and drove them to safety. I mean, think about this. You're, 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 you're loading people. Some of them need walkers, wheelchairs, you know, and, and you're trying to carefully carry them down the stairs. We have stair chairs. We have uh, a tarp called a mega mover, which I love. And they can't move fast like you and me, per se. But it's always, it just makes my heart sore and swell when I see good people doing great deeds. There's always a flip side. And, in ti- you know, it's, it's kind of weird, too, because to me, hatred is a virus because it spreads. Whether you're prejudiced or sexist or racist, it spreads. And it's a small seed. Look at my mother. You know, I'm, I'm 60-ish. And I've always forgiven my mom. She was raised in an era that women didn't speak up. I mean, think about it. Women weren't allowed to vote, I think, until 1929. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a few years ago in Saudi Arabia, uh, there the kingdom, the king, the big king. Okay, he's allowing women to drive. Wow, how th- thankful. Yes, thank you. Fair, thank you, king. My mother, uh, we didn't, in her generation, you never talked about sex or church, no form of religion. You didn't talk about if you were sick. Uh, finances, didn't talk about that. You know, and look at some of those shows, man. The Donna Reed Show, Father Knows Best. You know, or, or there's a movie called Pleasantville, which is a really smart film. It's a very smart film. I think the favorite part of that film is the breakfast scene, when the kids are having breakfast and mom is serving breakfast, five, five, five foot of, of pancakes, 10 pounds of, of, of bacon and sausage. Here, here, here's a big scoop bowl of, of scrambled eggs. Now eat. What? <laughs> Can you say the word cholesterol? <laughs> it was a different era. My mom was horribly psychologically abused by her mother. Keep your mouth shut. Put it in the lockbox. Things will just kind of maybe, I don't know, work itself out. So it was just very, very sad. She never really had a chance because this mental health issue is going to be with us for a long, rocket man, long, long time. And, and I, just, I just feel bad because her virus of hatred definitely spread to my father. Here's my father, and it kind of makes sense. You're great on the job, but maybe you suck in relationships. Dun, dun, dun. I'm pointing a finger at myself, by the way, right now, okay? You can never teeter-totter that even. Never can. No one ever can. My father was great on the job. My father was amazing on the job. One of the busiest fire stations in the nation. They didn't even have Scott Packs back then. I mean, it was just terrible. My, my mom just beat him down. My grandmother on my mama's side beat him down. And now he's got three kids, four kids, and five kids before they separated. So the virus spread to him. It's obviously spread to me. I was called target child selection. I was abused. I was a boy in the basement starting at age four. 
I thought this was normal. I actually thought as a child, there's one kid in every family that happens to live in a basement, eat out of garbage cans, can't do any. I, as a slave, I couldn't do enough, fast enough for my mom. I never can chase or, or capture her approval. So it spread to me. What about my siblings? They were terrified uh, they were going to be next. It's called feeding. When a T-Rex eats something, it's going to eat it up. Gobble it up. Mm. No, I'm hungry for more. Boom, boom, boom. My neighbors, my teachers, the virus spreads so much. And I do think that hatred is a virus. But on the other side, there's humanity. If hatred is a virus, to me, humanity, basic humanity is a cure. Look at what my friend David did in the Tubbs Fire. Look at that, that, that this teenage kid. You know, he looks, I mean, typical teenager. He's got pimples and bad hair and, hey, dude, attitude. Like, wow, man, this was, like, awesome. Yeah, man. But, wow. Put down the PlayStation and go out and help people out. Parents raised him well. There was a, you know, and I'm always, what's, what's, what did Andy Rooney say? I'm always on the lookout for the good that people do. But often months go by. And I'm always as, as a, you know, an, I, I'm going to call myself an elderly statesman. That's what I should do. As an elderly statesman, I'm always, it makes me happy to see random acts of kindness. So here's a quick story. So I'm at the local supermarket. It's called Safeway. It's a big thing here in California. And over the time since I've moved down to the Russian River area, I, I know just about everybody that works there. Patrick does the flowers. I actually spend more money on flowers than I do adult libations. <laughs> mm, and, you know, I love, a, I, love, I love a good martini and a nice Manhattan. I'm, I, 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 I'm, I'm off the sauce when it comes to whiskey sours because I somehow tell myself, this is way too much calories. <laughs> yeah, David, this is not. <laughs> I know the lady at the deli, Eileen, she's so cute. She makes me laugh. And I know all the checkout girls and the checkout boys and the general manager and the, f the, the produce ladies and, 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 and the butchers at the shop, you know, because it's kind of a small community. So I'm at the Safeway, and behind me is a lady mm, with makeup and, and this flowing black hair, a foreigner, obviously, because here at the river, we're kind of La we put the laz and laissez there. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, people will actually shop at 2 o'clock in the afternoon at the Safeway in soiled PJs. This is not a joke. When I first moved down here, I would go to the gym, work out, shower and shave, then go shop at the Safeway. But now, I guess, I've adjusted to river life. The, the Safeway is just a few feet away from the gym that I go to. So I work out at the gym. And what I do sometimes is I, is I just put on my, my baseball cap and walk in with my list and go shopping. And I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> it's pretty sad. Here's, when I go out, everybody knows I, I, I'm a Dapper Dan man. I, I have a haircut, you know, body lotion, good cologne. I wear my I, – I feel like Daniel Craig when, I, when, I'm, when I'm working in public. I wear my Armani, and I feel great about it. But I guess, you know, ah, river time has really kind of gotten to me. So I'm in my sweats, and there's this beautiful lady behind me. And, and again, she's got the makeup, the hair. She, I, I think she just came from the gym or something like that. And, and I noticed she had a lot of sandwiches. 
and of course I'm very you know cordial to everybody and whatever and I l l kind of you know leaned over and says wow got a big family don't you you know I said something to that effect and usually I get a chuckle or a smile and she kind of sneered and I thought oh Pelzer what did you do hoof and mouth disease foot in the mouth okay there's another one and uh, she said no I'm feeding the homeless and the way she said it I mean she said it with you know a little bit of a sneer but she said it like why wouldn't I and everybody looked at me because um since I moved down here, um, there was there was a Subway. And what I would do is I would buy Subway gift cards for $20 each. This way, you know, because they have specials like get a foot long for 6 bucks, And this way, uh, uh, folks can get, you know, two sandwiches of their choice, you know, and chips and water, soda pop or something. And I always thought that was smart. You know, because, again, they can, in, in a course of three or four days, they can get a few sandwiches and, again, get something of their choice. And, and I told all the homeless people, I said, okay, if, if, you know, be kind and be polite. And if you got a quarter, you know, or to tip these people, tip these people. I said, no fighting, no, no, no craziness. If no, don't be on your best behavior because if one person messes up, I'm done. So in a year and a half, we, I spent, you know, a couple, you know, a couple bucks. But they shut it down, in part because these kids who don't have cars or the you know they take the bus, or, or they had cars and gas prices went up and and no one was showing up for work, so they shut it down. And I was thinking, how can I help? I talked to the manager at Safeway. I says, can I buy Safeway gift cards? He says, well, you can, but legally they can buy alcohol, cigarettes, even you know lottery tickets. And I said, gosh, I don't want to do that and I was thinking 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 what can I do what can I do and right behind me is this lady with sandwiches and she had like 10 sandwiches and I just said thank you because I and I was not on my game normally I was if I was thinking I would say hey why don't I just buy these for you you give them out but let me you know because she said she had a big family and she was really proud she says if my kids were here they would tell me to do this we're lucky we, we love coming up to the Russian River it's very pretty we can you know, we're getting out of the COVID thing here. And we just, we, we, why, this is like us, she was saying, this is like us saying thank you for allowing us to come to the river. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and even like the, 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 the checkout lady, you know, and the average age of Safeway now is I think 58. All these elderly people working just to survive. And she was getting all teary-eyed. I thought, wow, what a beautiful thing. So a couple of days ago, after Monday, I went back to the Safeway on Wednesday. And everybody's still buzzing about the lady, the nice-looking lady, buying sandwiches. And they looked at me, and I said, that's, that's an idea. I should probably just do that. Yeah, Dave. Okay, see you later. Bye-bye. And I went out to my little SUV, and I opened up the hash through the stuff in there. and going, well, Dave, what are you doing? Stop. You can do this now. Dur, dur, dur. So I went back into the Safeway, and I grabbed up all the sandwiches, 14 sandwiches. And lo and behold, there was a box of chips you know like again when you have kids you give them the chips and by god's blessing there was uh, 28 chips in a box hmm so that means i can give out two bags of chips for one sando and it took me 20 minutes the ladies had to help me because i had you know the plastic bags that you can never open so i threw a sandwich in there and you know and the chips 
and, and, and paid and walked out. And uh, I, I, I just, you know, and I, I, I know where most of the folks are and certain times of the day, you know, they're in the sun, certain times of the day they're in the shade. And, and it was a nice thing when a matter of like 10 minutes I was able to deliver 14 bags and there was this, this guy named Gus. And Gus lives in his car, and his car has got a lot of stuff in it, and, you know, it is, it is what it is. And, and Gus has been uh, hard to, 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 to get to, in a sense. The first times I offered him a subway card, he says, oh, heck no. And then after a while, you know, he would accept the card begrudgingly. He's like, well, I don't know. Let me think about it. I said, sir, just take the card. If you can't use it, give it to someone else. But I want you to have something for yourself. I don't know about this. I, I, I'm not doing bad. I'm like, mm, okay, you're living in your car and uh, all your tires are flat and you've been here for a long, long time. So I bumped into Gus w- with a Safeway bag and he took it and looked at it. Well, I don't know if I like roast beef. Sir, it's turkey. I love turkey, but I don't know. And he finally took the bag and he said, as I walked away, why me? Why me? And, and I wasn't being snarky. I just smiled. I gave him a big beamer, you know, big beam smile. And I said, sir, why not you? You know, and, and it, it, it made me feel kind of good that I'm getting to this guy. Why are you doing this? Why wouldn't I? Does that make sense? They asked the kid, why did you get on your jet ski and, and, and do all that? I mean, why wouldn't I? I got a jet ski. There's and this is before you know the fire department can deploy because it takes a long time to get all these moving pieces. It's not like in the movies. These fire starts and the fire department's there in a second. It's not like that. It's like the military. It's like the rollout of a vaccine. It does take a while to get spooled up. But like my friend David, he already had the fire engine, went to the retirement home, boom, boom, boom. And they ran that program so perfectly. It was one of the best stories I've ever heard in my life. Why not, ladies and gentlemen? Part of my reason for what I do is the sense of humanity is because, you know, I, where I came from. You know, I, it, it, was re- it, it was really hard. And it's obviously had an effect on my life and probably had an effect on my son's life and, you know, this what it is. But my sense of humanity becomes from, from not what I lost but maybe what I've gained in the process. I'll never forget my father. He was really never there for us because he, he, he worked an awful lot and toward the end of the marriage just stayed the hell away from mom, which means he stayed away from his children. But my father, when he was uh, retired, was homeless. He physically gave my mom the check. And here's a firefighter, a veteran of World War II, the father of five kids. You know, still married because we didn't divorce back then. And and he would he was proud. He would work at the Salvation Army and he would bust the tables. He'd wash the dishes. He'd mop the floor. He did not want a free meal. And they said, well, this is what we do. We feed people who aren't doing too well there, Mr. Pelzer. No, I want to earn this. I don't want to take away from anything. And it's always... I, I remember one time I came to visit him in San Francisco. I was in foster care. I took the bus. I met him somewhere. He was so proud to walk up the stairs of the uh, Salvation Army. And it was the best, one of the best meals I ever had in my life to this day. And everybody knows I'm a foodie. I am, a, I am Dave. I'm a foodaholic. Hey, Dave. Mm, what you got? What you got to eat? Because I'm hungry. 
I love a good meal. I love roast beef, and that was one of the best meals I've ever had in my life. And as you know right now, a lot of people are not doing well. A lot of people are scared. When I was a uh, firefighter at Monte Rio, for God's sakes, there I'd see miles, plural, miles of RVs parked on both sides of the street. I couldn't drive. You know, I couldn't needle my way in there. I couldn't, you know, oh, my God. And and, and some of these RVs were f- dilapidated, of course, uh, old as death. And some of them were fairly new, families that were not doing well. You know, and it's, it's like a vice, for goodness sakes. And I think, you know, more than ever, random acts of kindness, they can actually, maybe it's nothing to you. But it was something to that lady's kids about buying the Sando. If I know, I mean, I wish I knew that lady at the Safeway. Because I'm thinking she probably would have gone back to her cabin or wherever she was renting. They were here for vacation at the Russian River. Knowing her, she probably scooped up her kiddos and said, you think you're having a bad day? Come here. Come here. Go give that guy a sandwich. Give that lady a sandwich. Give that person two sandwiches. What's your problem, punk? I remember when Stephen was very young in his teenage years, and, you know, and you you go through all the phases, and he went through, like, the the brooding phase. And, you know, I tried to work with him, but then sometimes you just got to, you know, shut up, David, and let him be. And I I remember taking him to what's called Martha's Village in the Coachella Valley. And I think I've told this story before, and just just bear with me, please, if if, if I have. And, And there's this long road before you get to this Martha's Village. It's a place where they feed the homeless and, and, and take in young, young, young mothers, you know, about to have babies or just had babies, and they take care of them for a while. It's a great organization. And Stephen would see people just standing in line. What's this for, man? Oh, that's who we're feeding. What? Yeah, that's who we're feeding. We're going to feed at least 800 to 1,000 people twice. What? Just just bear with me, squire. But I got to give it to that boy because we were the rappers. That is the fastest, messiest job because what they would do, the, the folks would stand in line for days, camp out for a couple days to get a nice, hot Thanksgiving turkey meal. And what they would do is eat and then go in line again and get food to go. And as much as they can physically carry and what Steve and I would do is take these thick things of aluminum foil and wrap them. You, you plate on top of a plate with the food in the middle, wrap, wrap, wrap. And there's food everywhere and what have you, and, and it's a messy thing. And then to see Stephen as we drove away and just look at him. And he would give me the nod like, you know, I'm kind of getting it. Whatever problem I'm going through, it ain't as bad as these folks. And that's the thing, I think, you know, especially in this day and age. Whatever we're going through right now, it could be worse. Imagine living in COVID world. You lost your job. Can't afford freaking gas. And you're, you're, you've are you're got a young, young baby, and you can't even get baby formula. Now your home has flooded down the river. And you now you have no car because it's flipped over in the river. But again, humanity shines through one way or another. I will never forget, and uh, I wrote a section about this in, in, in the book, and 
Uh, we'll talk about the book in another show. It, it is a great book, by the way. Uh, it's probably one of my best. I think it's my best writing ever. It's it's kind of a haunting love story. It is a story about redemption. And it's kind of a self-help book in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. You know, it's it's a lot. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful piece. And I hope, I truly hope it makes a difference. And I am going to uh, announce here in a couple months about me giving away some books to, to you folks who listen to the show specifically. But I will never forget, and again, I wrote it in the book, the small Reese's Pieces <laughs> size acts of kindness. When I, before I was rescued, right before I was rescued, I mean, my world was collapsed. My parents had separated. And I knew my mother was going to kill me. It was inevitable. There was no doubt in my mind. And years later, she did confess that she was planning on killing it. The only problem she had was where to hide its body. She confessed that to me when I was in my mid-20s. And she had even no idea she was confessing. It was just the sickness. The virus had spread so much in her head or in her heart, hardening her heart, for goodness sakes. But I'll never forget one time Mr. Ziegler. He was a tall, very stoic teacher. He was the only male teacher we've ever seen. We were like, wow, you're a dude, and you're a teacher. And he was hardcore. He had eyes in the back of his head, very Clint Eastwood-esque, his whole, his whole persona. And one time he touched my shoulder, and he basically said, yeah, you're doing a good job there, Pelliser, and you keep up the good work. We're watching over you, son. Keep it up, boy. And I just soaked it up like a sponge. My world was so dark and so cold. When I first lived in the basement, it, was, uh, it started around age four. It was a form of punishment. And I remember, we'll never forget one time, the, the family, uh, uh, m- mom, dad, and, 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 and my two brothers at the time, went to a school function. And they left me in the bottom of the basement. I can see the car pulling away or backing away, closing the door, the big door, garage door. And I was there for several hours by myself, and I was told, do not move. And I didn't. I was scared. I was actually thinking at the time that these alligators and snakes would come out of the darkness and just gobble me up. I was four. I had little, I was less than zero. I was, n- I was nothing. And this man, Mr. Ziegler, put his hand on me and said, you know, you're doing a pretty good job. Or I remember Miss Woods. When I was rescued, I went into the teacher's lounge, and that was like, oh, my God, the holy grail. <laughs> <laughs> the, seeing the Pope in the Vatican, the, the Fortress of Solitude. I went into the teacher's lounge, and it was lunchtime, lunch break for the teachers. And they had a police officer to kind of look me over. Hmm, yeah, okay, yeah, this is definitely child abuse. And I'll never forget how horrified some of those teachers were. I'm sure they all heard the rumors about the Pelzer child, the smelly Pelzer child, the Pelzer child that's stuck in a garbage can, the Pelzer child with marks and bruises. And uh, again, I smelled so bad. I remember I had yellow skin, pasty yellow skin. And I wouldn't make eye contact. My, I'm, I'm hunched over. I stuttered horribly. My back's got to be against the wall. And this was normal. And some of the teachers were so horrified, like some of them gasp. And out of that was Miss Woods. God, I loved her. She was the prettiest thing on the planet. She came out of nowhere. When people were going back against the wall, she came out. And you know what she did? She knelt down. And she hugged me. 
my world stopped. She gave me the best, best, biggest hug. I just like, I just kind of like, I mean, we've all had that with our kids or our lovers, or there's a moment, you know, that you just, you hug so deeply and so lovingly and so pure of heart. And the world just stops and all your problems for a nanosecond just disappear. And she hugged me. It was the longest hug I've ever had. And I remember she stood by me when the teachers one by one were saying goodbye to me because I was going to be taken into protective care. Or the school nurse. This lady who used to inspect me from the fourth grade to the fifth grade right before I was rescued. I mean, and she was the reason why I was rescued. She, I had a situation that was they thought was life-threatening, which forced them to finally call the police and then be taken into custody. But this nurse used to feed me French bread. And on Fridays, because she knew I wouldn't get any food on the weekends until I came back Monday to steal food from the school, she'd feed me Twinkies. That one small thing has an effect on me every time I nibble. I don't eat. I nibble on French bread. To this very day, I'll have French bread and a salami sandwich, maybe Swiss cheese, lettuce with lettuce, <laughs> mustard mayo, and I'm golden boy. I remember one time I talked to my teacher before the 20th anniversary of my rescue. I was working on the first book, A Child Called It. So I was getting my storyline facts and, you know, and so forth. You know, and he told me one time, he says, well, you know, we could have done more for you, Dave, and we apologize. And I said, sir, you saved my life. And I remember the one time you touched my shoulder and I told this story. He goes, son, I, 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 <laughs> I don't remember that. I go, sir, I do. I remember I interrupted my teacher, which you should never do. I'm an adult, but I interrupted my own teacher. I said, sir, I remember. You see, it's kind of nothing, what I'm trying to say, long-winded here. Maybe it's nothing for you. But I'm sure Gus will remember that this persistent old guy's trying to be respectful and give him something. Treat them with a sense of dignity. Maybe it's nothing for the lady, or, or but maybe her kids can get a lesson of handing out a sandwich and making that contact. Because, I mean, you know what's amazing about grace is, is in humanity. You know, it's pure of the heart. And then when you're not doing good, you have this memory that might pull you through. You know, it's just like as a fire fighter and fire captain, I made damn sure that when we have the new kids on the block, the seasonal kids, I always took a few seconds. Hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what made you become a? What makes you want to become a firefighter? Okay. And I would always shake hands when I would go off shift or leave the station. I always shook hands with everybody. I met a kid just a few days ago, by coincidence, bumped into him at the Safeway, and I recognized him. Hey, Captain Dave, you remember me? And mm, I, I remember voices more than I do faces. goes, oh, you were always at the station, and you would crack jokes, and you always asked about my parents. Well, how are they doing? Oh, they're doing well. How are you? And you can tell he just beamed. And his fire captain came up to me and says, yeah, man, he, he remembers you and talks about you. He said that you were just nice to him. I'm going, yeah, why, why wouldn't I? See, it's, to me, it's nothing because I meet a lot of people, per se, but to them, that's something to draw from. Th th does that, does that kind of make sense? I kind of tell people, like, this is what I do. I have a program. My program is simple, and I know I've, I've been on the soapbox about this. I do, it's very simple. I do three things a day, three random acts of kindness every day. 
Sometimes it's a sandwich. Sometimes I open up a door for someone. Sometimes you say something polite. You know, I try to make people laugh. You know, a couple times a day, sometimes foot and mouth disease is definitely me. And at the same time, I really, particularly now that where I'm at physically, psychologically, emotionally, you know, spiritually, I, 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 I do take care of myself. Uh, I was out and about, and someone says, Dave, you're working hard on the book. You need to relax. I'm going, I do relax. I relax more than you know. I'm actually so lazy. When I do a job, I want to do it perfectly so I don't have to do it again. Dur, dur, dur. I love to cook. I plant. I'm, I'm, the, uh, I'm the, the constant gardener, but on the good side. <laughs> I do a little here and there every single day. And that's my little program. I, pl- I try to plant seeds of kindness. Does that make sense? It's just sad. But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, when I say it's sad, that we waste so much time and energy. We know that we're mad about something or someone. But more than half the time, you forget why you're so upset. And you waste all that time and energy. What did someone say? One, one minute of, of, of being upset, you lost 60 seconds apiece. I defeat my enemies by embracing them as my friends. Abraham Lincoln said that. We are two cultures separated by the same language. Winston Churchill. We live in fluid times. That's why I say every day that we, we don't get the monkeypox, or, you know, gas prices are starting to come down just a little bit. Thank you, Shell. Thank you, BP. Thank you so much for that. But it's like, okay, this is good day. That's why I try to tell people, grab these moments of peace and serenity. Serenity now! You know, make do simple things to make memories with your kids, with someone that you love, a partner, or if you have no one. Take care of yourself. Simple, everyday memories that are pure of heart. When I say, hello, sir, I'm not stuttering. That lady, when I saw her and how serious she was about buying those sandwiches for these people that needed them more than her family, wow, it made me want to step up and do better. Does that make sense? It's amazing. You know, in today's fluid world, I believe either you're the virus or you're the cure. Does that make sense? Either you're an observer or you're a person of action. Lead, follow, or get the hell out of the way. So tell me, what's in your wallet, punk? All right, enough of that. You know what's amazing? I'm always saying, oh, this will be a short show. Short show. Yeah, 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 Pelzer, really? So let, let's, I've been wanting to do this for a while, and we're going to wrap up here in a few moments here, but I know why so serious. We're, I, I've been serious as of late, and I've been getting a lot of questions from people, and, 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 and some of them say, I think I'm losing it. Well, what's, what's wrong? I'm talking to myself. Am I crazy? Mm, no. No, 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 no. You're, you're, not, you're not crazy. No, you're, you're fine. I mean, think about it. We, uh, I know people that talk to their dogs and cats. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, when I had uh, Kay's beautiful cat, Gatos, yes, uh, I named, she was a female cat, and I called her Gatos. 
she, she would, I'd come in the house, she'd, wherever she was sleeping, she'd jump out of the bed or the closet, wherever, and, and, and walk in front of me and do the roly-poly show. She'd do the stretchy stretch, just, just dabbing away. I'd be on my computer, she'd sit on the computer. Thank you. I'd be cooking, she'd sit on the cooking board. This girl was the center of attention, and I would talk to her. Okay, Miss Gatos, how was your day? Okay, okay, wow, really? Is that right? Wow, good for you. And and now I live in a different world that I have the tortoise twins, Sneaky Pete and Little Rascal. And and everybody knows I love tortoises and turtles. And again, I've always said this is the perfect pet for me. A cold-blooded reptile that hides in its shell and has no ears. But I do talk to the tortoise twins. And I swear to God, I swear to, I'm going to have to take a video of this. Sometimes I'll talk to them. I put them on the deck where it's sunny, and I have a glass of wine at the end of the day, and I'll talk to the tortoise twins. Well, what did you guys do today, huh? Really? Wow. You walked two feet, and then you took another nap. Really? Mm -hmm. And then you fell on your back, and you rolled over. Wow. Excitement never ends here at a boat, Opels. Let me tell you what I did. And I'll start yakking away, and I swear to God, they actually yawn. They actually have the audacity to yawn. Really? Am I that boring? But I, 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 I've answered this, and I'll say it because don't tell anybody, please. But I do talk to myself. I really do. One time, I, I, was, I was, okay, there was a crisis. I, I had misplaced my drink. <laughs> I don't know how I did it. I misplaced my drink, and, 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 and you know, I went, I followed my steps, and some, you know what I do sometimes when I lose something? I swear to goodness, I will stop and ask myself, David? Yes. What would Dave do? Oh, that's over here, and I would, I'll, I'll find it because I have to think, you know, what would Dave do? So maybe I am kind of losing it because I remember one time I was looking for my drink, and um, it was um, sad to report it was in my hand. It was in my left hand. I'm looking around, checking the scene, and it was one time in my left hand. And I, I actually said to myself, you idiot, you dolt. And, but now, now, now I, I, I've reached a phase in my relationship that I think I'm starting to argue with myself. And I've talked to a few people about this, and they go, yep, I do that too, which makes me feel better, <laughs> that I am not alone in the universe. And, 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 and it's, it's so simple. I'll just be doing nothing, mm -hmm. and, uh, <coughs> you know, I'll kind of clear my throat, and uh, it starts like, uh, Dave, yes, how are you? Uh, I'm fine. Now, go away and leave me alone. But, Dave, I'm, Dave, I'm concerned. Uh, about what? I'm fine. Now, go away. Now, Dave, you don't seem fine. You seem a little jittery. You seem a little not yourself. You seem a little, little, little upset. You know, get off my back, Jack, and I don't like your condescending tone. So leave me the frack alone. Hmm. I think, Dave, somebody's got some issues. 
you're not, you're not the boss of me. You're not my mother. Now just leave me be, please. <laughs> leave me alone. And that's how it usually ends. <laughs> my point being is, you know, if, if you talk to yourself, that's, I don't see a problem with that, even if you kind of argue with yourself, because every time I kind of talk to myself or argue with myself, I swear to God, it just makes me laugh. Like, dude, <laughs> with the stuff that comes out of your mouth, thank God you're alone. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So my advice is get it out of your system. Purge it out of your system, you know, just so you can relax. Because, you know, as we say in the fire department, folks, on a serious note, the world is always going to be on fire. You know, and, and just acknowledge your challenges. You know, acknowledge who you are, what your strengths and weaknesses are, what you might need to work on. And just remember that we're all, we're all so human. None of us are perfect. None of us are virginal. What's the saying? You're never going to get out of the rat race alive. And I just try to say, take care of yourself before your challenges overtake you and like a wildfire just burn out of control and maybe these random acts of kindness will fortify your heart and and and, and will ease your heart and give you more purity of heart and i really think particularly with this day and age we all deserve to be happy we've gone through an awful lot and who's to say that things are not going to get worse before they get better i do think where things are getting better but there's so much small little pressure points because here's the thing i'm trying to say no matter who you are or where you are in your your point of your life you deserve to be happy we all survived something for a reason and sometimes you don't understand that in your youth but maybe it's how you raise your kids or maybe it's you being a good Samaritan, and just for a second, just give people a sense of humanity. Maybe it's nothing to you but a sandwich, but that might just make their heart sore. And if you're one of those people out there, which I believe we all are, thank you for all that you do. But as always, take care of you. Well, folks, again, it was supposed to be a short show, so thank you for that. Let me just take a moment and thank our friends at Pat Metheny and the Pat Metheny Group for the beautiful music. Uh, you can go to his website, and yes, to answer a question from a fan, I have a, a couple fans saying, on your new book, is there a new theme? And we have uh, four songs in the new book, and two of them are Pat Metheny songs. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Give them a listen. And I just, again, want to say thank you for taking the time to give us a listen. And please, please keep the faith. It's one day at a time. One day at a time. Keep the faith because you never know what the tide may bring in the next day. So as always, please do as much as you can for as long as you can for as many as you can. So this is your host, Dave Pelzer, saying until next time, please take good care. And as always, good day. Good luck, and God bless.